Good morning, campers! Have no fear, happy campers is here. It's a summer camp-themed podcast where we reminisce about the stuff that we missed, about the best summers we ever had. And there will be reflection and lots of introspection and a great selection of guests that will stop by. So grab a glass of bug juice, relax, and say hi to both your hosts. We're Julie and Sammy, your podcast family. We're going to start the show. All right. Hey, happy campers. Hi, happy campers. It's Julia here. Sammy's here too. We're in a really fun Zoom in the time of COVID-19. Zoom is where I'm most comfortable during this time. Yeah, so you it know. feels like a big cozy hug. Where we had our virtual campfire. Um, so we have a super fun, cool new episode for you. Um, special guest, author, uh, comedy writer, Emmy winner, uh, best Kalb. Is that how we say that? That's how we say it today, ladies. Great. <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. Great. Kalb, <laughs> sorry. Um, Honestly, you know, it's all Ellis Island nonsense. It was Ilyevich a hundred years ago, so you know, who, who's to say? We're all doing our best here with our Eastern European last names, <laughs> like Moskowitz. Um, <laughs> Bess has a new book that is coming out, or just came out. Just came out on two, last Tuesday as the world. Amazing, started. amazing. Um, I, I've gotten to read it and it's freaking hilarious and heartfelt and very relatable for myself and Sammy, two nice Jewish girls who uh, have strong mothers, strong grandmothers, uh, strong siblings, strong friends. Um, but, you know, everyone, everyone needs to give this book a read or where I first found it was actually the New Yorker just did an awesome kind of excerpt of it. Right. The New Yorker excerpted it for online. Um, they, they highlighted the funny parts, which is, good. <laughs> um, yeah, the book is, uh, funny and sad. And, uh, New Yorker went with the funny and then the New York times just has the sad. And so depending <laughs> on what you read, it's a very different, uh, so, but for me, I'm like, I, I'll take anything that hits the heart and the humor, you know, together. So you got to find me an outlet that gives me the full thing. Well, I guess that's the book. So you did it yourself. <laughs> that's, life. that's life. I'm a comedy writer, but I'm writing every day about, um, an unmitigated tragedy. Um, like I write about the news, so I'm writing about disaster and I think from heartbreak and nightmarish horror comes some really funny material that's that's all i i think especially as jews that's like really all we can do you know right it's laughing in the face of death and it's what's gotten us through the centuries and here we are today barely holding on exactly exactly (laughs) so Um, the book is called nobody will tell you this but me a true as told by me story and so it's made up mainly of voicemails from your grandmother that that you saved and, and transcribed and kind of built out right Yes, um, the book is told in my grandmother's voice from Beyond the Grave. She's dispensing her wisdom and advice and critiques um, and her um, and her guilt trips, all um, all from the great beyond um, to me. And to build out that character and to um, to really channel her voice, I went through old voicemails and um, and conversations and ended up creating this 
kind of easy read ultimately because there's a lot of dialogue in it and pictures I realized um, like I was like oh I just wrote the kind of book that I would like to read which is when it gets sad it interrupts itself and it's just a conversation about shopping um, uh. and that's um that's the book or or about uh, the old country um and yeah it's my grandma giving her lessons the lessons that shaped me into who I am um for better or for worse um, like truly the anxieties that I have and I'm now passing on to my child, um, <laughs> uh, all are her fault and not at all mine. And I take no ownership of it for my problem. So that's that. Absolutely. Absolutely. We can <laughs> ship that to all our mothers. Yeah. Nothing, nothing, nothing no blame here. So I'm good. <laughs> so um, everything that you're talking about there relates I, I'm Sammy and I are already bubbling in our heads like, oh, this relates to camp. I think it does. I'm already like, do you have notes that you're, you know, letters that you wrote your grammar, she wrote you up at camp. And, you know, obviously this podcast, Happy Campers, is all about people who, who love and had, you know, important memories and were formed into the person that they are now through summer camp. So I think we want to dive into, you know, where did you go to camp? How do you feel? You know, talk us through your, your camp experience. Yes. Um, so I keep looking down and to the, I, you might notice I keep looking down at a, sheet, a series of, of things um, because I have here all oh. of my camp letters. Oh my gosh. From 19, where's the first one? This is what my parents, this is actually research for my next book. And so when they told me um, that you guys were interested, I was like, oh, they don't even, I, I was like, don't <laughs> I want to tell them on the podcast. Um, this is 1997. So I have from when I was eight or nine to when I was 13 and left camp. We can get into this. Um, they're in, can I curse on this podcast? Yes. Yeah. They're fucking insane. <laughs> uh, I was a, I was a extremely neurotic child. <laughs> Um, and, um, but also like clearly so into camp and I'm still close with some of my camp friends. Some of my friends have read the book. I went to Laurel South in Casco, Maine. Okay. Um, and it was beautiful camp. Um, just gorgeous, bucolic by a lake, um, you know, sleeping on hospital cots, eating the same chicken repurposed different ways and um so essentially paradise how did you end up going to camp like did your mom go or yes my mom went to camp there's actually the in in the book there's a crazy um story the like seminal story of my mother's childhood takes place at a sleepaway camp when she started sleepwalking oh, wow. um, and um it's a it's actually it's a pretty harrowing story she ended up three miles away from her camp in new hampshire in the woods in her nightgown um and they like searched the whole camp they ended up they tried searching the lake when they couldn't find her it was this terrifying thing so camp was extremely formative in a traumatic way to my mother yeah um, who lived and to childbearing age and and is, is still alive now um and uh um so she went to camp had a bad experience and I think she was really determined to make sure I had a good experience at camp. And so I did something that I don't know, I don't know if this is normal. There were like camp interviews that happened. Oh, um, like like to like to shop around camps? 
we went to like a camp convention. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, camp good. Camp fairs, camp fairs. Camp fair, right. It was like at a suburban Marriott. Um, yeah. All of these booths. And I remember my mom being like, we gotta find the right camp for you. Um, and I was like, I'm, I'm eight. I'm fine if they're like, um, like you can see a horse. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> to me, that would be like the greatest. I, I'm from New York City. I grew up in the city. And so um, the idea of like being in nature to me was the most exotic and terrifying thing. I was just excited by like any brochure that had a green field. I was like, is it real? <laughs> um, so um, yeah, I saw all these brochures and then the cell that Laurel South had was um, equestrian. Like we have an equestrian center. And as a young child who was into like American Girl doll novels, not, oh, we'll call them novels. Um, <laughs> the genre of American <laughs> Girl Doll Literature. Um, I, I was so taken with the idea of like, I would be on horseback riding through the woods at Laurel <laughs> South. Um, in reality, it was like a stoned Australian teenager being like, I guess these are, you could put a saddle, you could not. You didn't have intensive riding? We did, we did, we did, we whipped our, like all of the little girls had such like, like equestrian big equestrian energy coming into this camp that we like we made it a thing we eventually performed so cinderella on horseback oh <laughs> shouting at each other from our offices but yeah i went because of the pretty horsies in the green pictures um and i liked the vibe of this sort of like florida swamp guy who ran the camp his name was raj and he had a missing tooth was um, it all girls no, it was okay. co-ed. That was also it's four weeks, right? Four, that's exactly right. It's four weeks. And it's Laurel is like a brother-sister camp, and that's eight weeks. Laurel is the for for braver children than I. <laughs> I, think also, I I I was a kid who had trouble on sleepovers. Um, like there, like one out of three, my mom would get a call at one in the morning. Um, and so when I was like, I can go to the eight week camp. And my mom was like, of course you can, dear. Here's the, here's the four week options. Here's, we're going to try this. Right. Um, okay. So let's dive into some of these letters. I feel like, like, wait, hold on, hold on. Oh, oh, hold um, on. why did you stop going back to camp? Yeah, at 13 that's good and were you kicked out? Cause you made it sound like there's something dramatic around that. <laughs> oh no, I, no, I, here's what it, here's what it was. And this is not to shit on anyone at this camp. When I, I went in as an innocent child who didn't, like, I had, I think I had, like, four pairs of my, those, like, Sophie shorts, the, you know, the, the obviously. Oh, we yeah. Know, we know our Sophie short. We know our way around the Sophie short. Yeah. <laughs> so I had, like, four pairs of shorts. Like, I just wore the camp t-shirt because I was like, I'm all about camp. <laughs> <laughs> like, courses, et cetera. Um, but then as I grew up, I realized, like, oh, some of the girls at this camp are fancy and are like wearing makeup and designer shirts. And when I was like 13 or 14, I was like, a lot of these people are not my people. Um, and which isn't to say, which, and then I ended up going back to my mom because I really wanted to go to this camp called Bucks Rock, which was this, and my brother ended up going there. 
it was like a super hippie camp that was like, you ring the gong when you feel the spirit moves you to like go to the next activity. And it was just like so much more my family's vibe and my vibe and yeah. my brother's vibe. And I went to Laurel South Equestrian, but it turns out an equestrian camp has a lot of rich bitches from Greenwich. Um, and yeah, uh, are you from Greenwich? No, I raised it. I, I mean, you know, so close, Rye. So, oh, yeah. so close. The smaller New York version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In middle school, my parents moved to Scarsdale, so we have we have our our, our roots. Um, well, I mean, you look, you pick the horses in the green grass, and they grow up, and they turn into the people who, you know, compete and are full horse girls, and you know that that takes a, a trust fund to live that horse girl life. Totally, that horse girl girl life was not for me, and I and. You're right. I should have. The writing was on the barn wall. <laughs> but you ended up finding a, another camp that you loved. So like, yeah. you know. It was all good. All um, positive. So, so you went to Buck? No, no, no. My, bro- my brother went to Buck's Okay. Like, oh, but you oh, oh. wish. You I wish. But I ended up going to an outdoor um, program in Durango, Colorado called Deer oh. Hill. Oh. It's like this like super nature I mean, I'm a small Jewish asthmatic and I wanted to like be... Yeah, it sounds like you were really into being outside. This is what happens when you raise a child in New York City. I was like, wait a minute. Okay, we've done fields. There are mountains. (laughs) Send Um, me. Yes, truly. And so my parents were like, okay, you can go climb the mountain. And then like two weeks later, I'm like, hi. (laughs) Uh, That's amazing. I love that. Um, okay, so let's let's look at some of these letters, shall we? There's really one where I am committed to a sense of justice that um, <laughs> I, I feel like I wish I still had. Like I, the outrage in this was a couple pages. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna start. The the outrage is psychotic. I'm I have no. I will start by saying. If you were to read this letter that I'm holding up, you would think this is a life, this is a trauma. Like, the the level of anger that I have about this, like, I would, I have no memory of it. It's four pages. Oh, my God. Just like this. I know. And it's fucking insane. I've read it to a couple friends of mine. We all cried. Um... The language that I use is nuts. I will start by saying I was 11 when I wrote this. And it begins with, I am crying. <laughs> so I, which is a hell of a like I was, this, this, Are there teardrops on the letter? I wish. <laughs> like, actually, it's suspiciously fine. <laughs> like the handwriting is pretty good like it's, it's, it's amazing okay. it looks like a really good 11 year old handwriting it's better yeah. than mine was yeah it's a bear- I was trying hard I was also doing my A's in an interesting way with like the the like oh yeah the- oh yeah that's at least like 13 year old A's you're advanced you guys at a 13 year old level <laughs> um it says dear mom and dad I'm crying because a head counselor blamed me for something that I didn't do oh, mm. six exclamation Mm, I relate already. Keep going. Here's the situation. Brittany, Sammy, and I, Brittany and Sammy are still friends of mine. Brittany, Sammy, and I were going to surprise Emily Roll. Oh, I sh- we should, we should beep her last name. Yeah. So just, <laughs> you can just Emily. say Emily. You can just say Emily. 
Brittany, Sammy, and I were going to surprise Emily because it was her half birthday today. It was very happy <laughs> surprise. Brittany and Chelsea, mm, she's the blonde girl from the hotel, were hiding behind Perry's cubby and Sammy and I were hiding behind someone else's. Then I said that it wasn't a good idea to hide behind cubbies. That's in quotes, so you know it's not true. I definitely didn't say that. <laughs> so, we all, so we all got out because that was my advice, because that was my idea. And Chelsea knocked over Perry's cubby. Chelsea is underlined four times. The blonde girl from the hotel. Blonde girl from, yes, yes. Yeah, we're all this. So far, the story checks out. <laughs> Luckily, the only thing that tipped over was a small circle glass tube of glass jewelry beads. Oh. Perry wasn't at all mad. Perry is cool, all caps. But when her counselors came, I was the one that told the story because everyone else was quiet. So they made a strange connection, spelled insanely, that I was somehow involved. I was not. Later that night, Pam, stinky lines coming off of Pam, <laughs> the campus leader came to my cabin and told me to step outside. Then she started screaming and screaming and screaming at me for, quote, invading personal space. <laughs> not only was this not true, but she was only yelling at me, not Chelsea. And she hadn't said anything to Brittany or Sammy, who I love and would never rat on. <laughs> after the situation, uh, the, uh, after the situation was explained to her by me, what the fuck? <laughs> she acted like it was my fault still. Way to point fingers, Pam. <laughs> well, you can guess what happened next. I started to cry. Um, I ran in. The whole cabin knew what had happened and heard the conversation while Pam was yelling at me. Brittany cried too. Everyone comforted me, and they say they have always hated Pam. Even my counselors hate Pam. We all hate Pam. Even Verity, who I also hate, hates Pam. Pam is so bad. Well, I better run because I have water skiing. I love you. Oh. Gotta go. Water skiing's coming up. That oh. was a insane and intense story. Pam sounds like a real bummer. Pam was a bummer. Yeah. I clearly knocked over the cubby. <laughs> you knocked over the yeah. cubby and you were Wait. like defending yourself to your parents in case they called? way too much defending um the letter the next day is a huge um lie about me needing to call my parents to talk about the pam situation but it shouldn't count as one of the phone calls we got two phone calls oh it shouldn't count because this is such a difficult circumstance spelled insanely <laughs> um, so because of the pam situation i got an extra phone call that's I mean, you really finagled that, it sounds like. It's like when you end up in jail and they're like, you get one call. Yes. Yes. But it's like, I have and you're to like, I got to call my lawyer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Totally. <laughs> to mediate this. Okay. So as you were t saying that, I was thinking about my letters and I'm in my home. I'm never in my home recording. So this was the length of my letter. It's like literally a single postcard and it says dear daddy and mommy you did not send me any socks whatsoever 
I would appreciate if you sent up socks. Appreciate is spelled so insanely. <laughs> and then I also drew some socks on the front. Just, just in case they didn't know. It's a cry yes. for socks. <laughs> I really needed socks. <laughs> they were lucky if they got like one letter a summer. I never wrote. I mean, I clearly had an agenda, so. This it's is- crazy how charged we are as, like, 11, 12-year-old girls about, like, I love these girls. I yeah. hate this person. Right. Love Chelsea, hate Pam. Yes, exactly. Hate Pam. Chelsea and- didn't even care. It was totally fine. There was fine. a girl at the end who you just threw under the bus who we hadn't even <laughs> heard about. You're like, and blah, blah, who I also hate. But she hates Pam, so I guess I love her for hating Pam. It was all counselors that I hate. I oh, hate okay. Not your oh, bum- okay. Got it, got it. it. Counselors, Pam and, and uh, Verity was a British counselor. Okay, I was like, wait, was it with Verity? Is she <laughs> your friend? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, Theo. Oi. Jesus Christ, poor Whew. Pam had this job of being like, oh God, a kid knocked over and shattered glass all over a cabin. I have to be like, hey, Bess, I know you're super fucking fragile and very weird, clearly. So I'm going to talk. Glass is also fragile. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to talk to you. And then I'm like, <laughs> I need to call my parents. Exactly. <laughs> <An asshole. laughs> oh my god. I um do do you have any other like specific memories about stuff like that? You don't remember that incident at all. You just know it from that. You letter. don't remember getting like screamed at by Pam? I feel like I I remember I remember like there being a, like bad vibes counselor like there were counselors that I would definitely like I, I remember I remember in the dining hall walking by a table once and being like I am not gonna smile and say hi to you because <laughs> like like this charm fountain is getting turned off <laughs> you know normally I'm like hey I'm a camp I need to be a camp but for Pam I'm just like hello Pam <laughs> best it's all business warmest it's regards the warmest regards yeah. <laughs> I noticed we're having the same fruit loops. Like, <laughs> we're not, I'm not going to say anything about it. Carry <laughs> so. on with your breakfast. Yeah. Oh my enough. God. And I will so, see you at rest. <laughs> <laughs> was your, was your grandma still alive when you were at summer camp? Yes. Do was. you have any, do you have any notes uh, or letters that you guys exchanged? Um, I remember that I used one of my calls to call my grandma. Mm, that's uh, sweet because I needed her advice about something. Um, and I remember it caused kind of like a, my mom was like, you know, my mom was also like, my baby's away. I was, I was the oldest. So, you know, she, you know, this was the first time the child was sent out, uh, sent away. Um, and um, uh, I remember my grandma and mom had like a tiff that was like, I didn't hear from Bess on the phone call day. I almost had to like, call the office of the camp and or like I did call the office they said she called I thought she like slipped through the cracks because I called my grandma to be like grandma I'm going to a social um is it inappropriate that the the other girls are there's definitely some like goody two-shoes shit being like the other girls are telling me that I should stuff my bra (laughs) should I and what She's did like, your grandma say? Of course say? you should, Bess. <laughs> yeah, grandma's like, if you're going to find a nice dentist to marry. Yeah, a nice <laughs> Jewish boy. Yeah, I called, I called my grandma asking about it. Because my grandma was the one who insisted I buy bras. Um, and so she bought me bras that I took to camp one year. And I remember being like, am I supposed to... St-? It, it, it was during a conversation with her. I, I did ask her, am I supposed to stuff the bra if I don't fill it out? You said Obviously yes. I did. <laughs> 
obviously had to uh did your grandma like have any thoughts or feelings about you being sent away to summer camp I think my grandma loved it my grandma loved that I was doing something my grandma definitely had this um this attitude toward anything that somehow is assimilating Jews into yeah yeah lost culture for so long was like was a was a win so the fact that I was going to this camp and there were other Jews but it wasn't too Jewish um I was just like at camp I even said something once I was like oh um Brooke goes with her family every year somewhere for Christmas and she goes oh it's so nice that you're making camp friends oh my god (laughs) and by camp friends I mean (laughs) non-Jewish totally oh my god Um, so yeah there was there was I think she she was very pro camp she obviously sent her daughter to camp and um um wanted to come up to the camp once. I, I was Annie in my camp's production of Annie. Oh, oh I was Daddy Warbucks. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe you guys could do a little <laughs> Should duet. Should we do a rendition? Don't make me sing. <laughs> it's like, it's so funny. I have the score right here. Yeah, right. Yeah, it is. I actually have the VHS here, but uh, I don't have a VCR. So. <laughs> oh, my God. I bet that's How old were you? 14. Oh, my God. That's actually, so I think I wore my hair like very similar to how I'm wearing yeah, it right now. Yeah, you did it in a big bun. <laughs> we all have our resume bun. With a little suit and a mustache. Yeah, and a bow tie. A little girl earnestly playing Daddy Warbucks at age 14 is such good, such a good energy to put out. It was a real, it was that's, a real vibe. That's feminism. <laughs> that, is, that is feminism. Hillary won. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, so you were, you were playing Annie and your grandma was going to come. There was Annie and Annie. I have a letter about that. It's, it, it, that letter is like, this child wants to take over the world. Um, <laughs> and I shouldn't. Um, it was, um, I, I made such a big deal of it that my grandma wanted to come up to watch Annie and okay. ended up calling the camp to get like dispensation to like, it's, parents don't come to the, at a four week camp it's you you do the camp and then you go home there's no right um and at other camps sometimes parents come for the the play uh my grandma wanted to uh go from massachusetts where she lived on a ferry uh drive up to maine watch the play and then go back which was very very sweet Um, yeah and i remember she and i like conspired about that on that same phone call um and uh, ultimately, it didn't happen because that would have been super weird if this just like, a seventy-year-old woman showed up. But you, you got to watch got the a video. tape of it. Yeah. yeah, I don't even think we have a tape of it. Oh, the camp does in their like archives. <laughs> I'm sure they do. We used to do these super weird videos when we were kids. That was like you would be in a line and then like you would start turning one way and you'd be singing a song they would look at the camera and then look at the next person they did those every single year and like we have never seen them outside of just <laughs> recording them like where are they it's a weird thing for the camp director to have yeah, yeah it's, it's super it's- weird we have no idea where they are or, or like what their purpose was no that's one person's fetish yeah <laughs> <laughs> I love when people move their head real slow from one side to the next side. You're yeah. passing along the song. It was, it was, okay, I think the point of it was to, like, show how we grew from year to year. Sweet. Yeah, but, like, we were, I, we've never seen it. No one has ever seen them. No. 
bad. It's so know. weird. Where are they? That reminded me of um, when the camp video was being filmed once. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was so fucking insane. It turned all of these little, the, the boys like didn't really care, but it turned all of the little girls into like, here I am enjoying myself. But not even like, pre- like preening was totally part of it, but it was also like, tennis you say, I'm going to play tennis at our well-appointed courts. Forehand, backhand, even a serve. Crazy. We all just wanted to be in the video oh my God. so badly. My friends and I would like stay up being like, tomorrow I hear they're filming down by the lake. Maybe if we all wear the same thing and go by the lake and do our dance, we do our we we do our welcome to Miami dance. <laughs> <laughs> Did it make um, it into the video? I do remember being like, party in the city where the heat is <laughs> the rights to this. <laughs> Um, and no it didn't Uh, I did end up in the video um, only because what I said was so like so stupid it was cute to show that like a young kid you know has a sense of I said something I was like uh, oh yeah being like you know I thought in my head I was like camp a magical land for you to join in reality it was just me like looking off and up to the side being like I don't know. Um, I play soccer at home, but at camp it's just, I don't know, funner. (laughs) 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 And that's what's in it. That's what's in the video. Oh my God. Ah, yeah. The vibe of the camp video year. It was exciting. I used to do that, the chasing too. That's so funny. (laughs) That's all all you want. It's like, I I think we all thought that we were going to be discovered. (laughs) Or like, like this would change our life. Yeah, like this was gonna be your big break. Totally. Yeah. Like first it's the camp video, and the next thing you know, I'm on what would you do? And then I'm on the top of the aggro crag and my life is set. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. And what was it? Double dare? That's what it was? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was like a lot of Nickelodeon recruiters were watching the camp videos. Yeah, because all I did was watch shows that I would be like, I could do that. I could be on the hidden temple. <laughs> <laughs> So, aside from kind of the the picture you've painted of yourself as, um, you know, a a leader who takes the punishment at camp and a frail little girl who loves horses and soccer, uh, the the creative in you, where do you feel like that was starting to come out those years at camp and and kind of what you do today and, you know, the books and the shows and the different things you do? Can you trace that back to some camp memories? Totally. Totally. I feel like camp was the first place where, because I wasn't in this like high achieving regimented school life, um, of like, of, of the, of the right, of the regular year. Um, I was able to have a little more freedom to be creative and to be who I was at camp. Um, and I think that's like evidenced in the photography that I really got into at camp, I took these like moody black and white, I guess black and white is all they had, but I took these moody, um, like sort of soulful pictures that are super trite and cliche. It would be like, have you ever looked up at a tree? Um, (laughs) 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 But I could see like little Bess was like trying to be an artist and trying to do something that didn't have a direct, like, these are my math workbooks. 
this is this is like my writing homework here's my you know or i i was i was in a super competitive school where i was pushed really really hard and at camp i could just sort of let loose and be myself and do the things that i really cared about i would wake up in the morning and choose the activities that i did and so it was an amazing place i think for a like high stress little girl um, <laughs> to become just like a like a high stress summer child <laughs> um, but an but, anxious camper <laughs> an anxious camper <laughs> like a high performing camper <laughs> a happy yet anxious camper honestly like put that on my tombstone <laughs> <laughs> We'll just make it the title of this episode <laughs> so you can try it out. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think with writing there, um, I think it was something that I knew I wanted to be from a very young age. I wanted to be a writer. Um, Your letters are prolific. It seems obvious. Thank you so much. Yeah, <laughs> really work really. And compared to Sammy's about socks. I know, truly. <laughs> Yours actually resulted in something proactive happening. Like, <laughs> there was a call to action. Yours, yeah. was a, yours was a more effective letter than my, my parents reading this and just being like, does our child have a problem? <laughs> Do we have to call Pam? I like, we don't like our daughter very much, do we? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, um, the, yeah, the... I think being able to have freedom to be who I was ended up setting the stage for me and making choices later on that were super risky creatively, had nothing to do with what I was supposed to do, um, but just how I felt my day should look. Like I dropped out of college my junior year and ended up going back and finishing my degree, but I dropped out to intern at the Colbert Report in 2007 because that's like because I saw his White House press correspondence dinner with George W. Bush sitting there. And I was like, oh, this is, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to work for. And until this conversation, I'm not realizing that was me at 11 being like, I want to ride a horse. And not only do I want to ride a horse, I'm going to make us do Cinderella on horseback <laughs> because horses are theater. Yeah. It's like figuring out what you like and pursuing it. Totally without any without any anyone telling you what you had to do just your your inner child and inner voice totally yes <laughs> is there any type of cheer you know we've already established that you will not be actually singing on this podcast episode but is there a cheer that we can get yeah, out of you? is there a laurel south cheer that we know we definitely have, I mean, I have a letter about Spirit Day. Oh, what's Spirit Day? Tell us about oh, it. The Laurel South did not believe in war. <laughs> Neither did Walden. Walden. Oh, wait, what camp did you, what, you were, you were we, Walden. We went yeah, to yeah, Walden. Yeah. We went to Walden. All of Scarsdale. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Right. So, dear mom, so we had Spirit Day and for Spirit Day there were cheers. So, Spirit Day was instead of color war. Um, dear mom and dad and Will. Today is Spirit Day. It's pretty fun. I'm on the green fire. The other team is the blue lice. We are going to destroy them. The blue wow. lice? The blue ice. Ice, <laughs> ice and oh, fire. It was like ice outbreaks? Why? <laughs> the lice lady? The blue lice, the plague. Um, I hear a lot about Spirit Day. And I do remember like 
Um, there was obviously like, we got spirit. Yes, we do. We got spirit. How about you? We um, got the most. Right. No, we got the most. <laughs> um, Laurel South had, and had a lot of insane songs. Like we would all, the camp was divided for all my, for all my three pint spirit ladies and gents listening out there. By the way, I really hope some people from camp. Oh, they, of course they will. Oh yeah, they will. Hashtag, hashtag three pine spirit. <laughs> yeah. Also Roger, not a swamp person. Roger's amazing. Roger and Dagny were the mom and dad that all of us wish we had. Well, so, it sounds like that's what drew you to the camp. Like you dug the directors. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm from Florida. We have gators here. I'm not scared of any horses. <laughs> the horses aren't scary. So. <laughs> I know horses. What I'm hearing is that I can ride the horses. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because part of me when he was like, do you have any questions for me? I clearly was like, are the horses scary? <laughs> but, um, then he gave the gator the horses were scary to me. I was a non-rider. Understood. It riding required a whole kit and caboodle. Of I think you have to be very brave to ride a horse. So <laughs> it is the bravest thing I've ever done. <laughs> to this day, it's not an exaggeration. <laughs> when I peaked for everyone, um, but yeah, Spirit Day. Oh, so Laurel South had you were divided by gender and age, um, and to Kenny Osako, Baxter, and Allagash. Oh, those are um, mountains? Or rivers? Like, all, yeah, they're all like areas in Maine, but these yeah. are also the, um, the groups that you were in. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Kenny Osako, Baxter Allagash, Katahdin, and Rangeley. Um, and the girl side was called Kennebec, and the boy side was called Kennebago. Okay. The girl's song for Kennebec was three verses with a chorus. The boy's sign for Kennebago was four lines that just ends in a crazy yell. <laughs> of course. The Kennebec, I can say, I can do the Kennebec and Kennebago song. Do it. From memory. I have not sung these since I was 12, but it's, it's not to a tune. Okay. I really hope there are people singing along with me out there. But I'm going to do Kennebec, and then I will do Kennebago, and you will see the difference. Okay. We are Kennebec-born and Kennebec-bred, and when we die, we'll be Kennebec-dead. So rah-rah for Kennebec, rah-rah for Kennebec, rah-rah Kennebec. When we see the other bunks looking tired and pale, we know that we have won and the rest have failed. So rah-rah for Kennebec, rah-rah for Kennebec, rah-rah Kennebec. Then it goes off the rails. Oleo-lio-lev-lev-lev, Kennebec is the hep of hep. Oleo-lio-lev-lev-lev, Kennebec is the hep, but we are Kennebec. We're proud of our name as we go marching to glorious fame. Our heads are held high, never to die as we go right, left, left, right, up to the top. Okay, loved that. Four original verses, none lead into the other. I love it. Loved it so much. All over the place, thank you. Thank you. That was the full extent of my vocal. Clearly, I was Annie for a reason. Um, okay, here's now. So we would do that first at evening meeting, whatever it was called. Evening, probably, oh, it's circle every night. Here's what the boys sang right after. Canabago, hats off to you. To our side of camp, we will all be true. Canabago, we all say hoorah for the bago boys. Hoorah. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Boring. I like the girl yeah, song. I like better. the girl song way better. We were doing fucking backflips. It was a full cheer Daytona. 
I'm Canabago. Oh yeah. And then in Canabago, it was it was a nap. <laughs> um, for some reason, since this whole like outbreak started and my anxiety has been very high, when I've been in the car, instead of listening to the radio, I've been singing camp songs out loud, which like I've never done before. I don't know if I'll ever do it again, but like they just come to me and I just need to sing them out loud because I think it like calms my anxiety a little bit. Totally. It's when we were all singing in unison, like as children mm. who were safe and like, and friends. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like I'm really not going anywhere except to my parents' house. So like, you know, it's like a 20 minute drive and I've just been like scream singing camp songs on my drives. I love that. What are the camp songs? Oh, there's so many, but actually we have a song that sounds a lot like your Kennebec song, which is for the Brown team for team sports. It's not called spirit day. It's called team sports and it happens every weekend, but it goes, I'm Brown, born and Brown bread. And, brown and when dead, I don't be Brown dead. Yeah. So rock for the Brown the team, rock for the Brown team, rock the Brown team, rock, rock, rock. Yeah. The brown team I will wave on high. We'll win this game today or die. So rock for the Brown team, rock for the Brown team, rock for the Brown team. Yeah. So which that song was actually, it's the um, University of North Carolina Tar Heels, like, fight song. <laughs> oh, I bet they're all stolen from different professional sports or college sports. They right? are. Yeah, they're also stolen from sports or, like, a lot of our Walden ones are show tunes, like, they're, that are, like, Chorus sp- line. You know, like, yeah, sped up or, like, you know, they're so distorted now that you can't tell what the tune originally was, but it was a show tune. Wow. Yeah. Now realizing it was all, it was all a lie. <laughs> <laughs> the tunes had to come from somewhere. Yeah. It was just preparing us for pop culture. Yeah, oh, that's true. Totally. I was, I don't, I guess I pictured like a grand council of like the elders of the camp meeting to like come up with the to songs. To come up with the songs. But I actually love that like, you know, we both went to like old camps in Maine and there are like some of these like overlaps that are like the same, but a lot different. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Just like humanity, you know? Exactly. The same but different. Same, same but different. <laughs> oh, my God. Mm. Um, well, Bess, you have been a fantastic, camp-obsessed, charming, funny guest. So thank you for, for joining us today. Thank you for being camp-obsessed, charming, funny hosts. <laughs> thank um, you. Thank you for singing. Yeah, we really, we, it's really hard to get people to sing on the podcast. I'm not expecting that. And I will, deny, I will say it was a deep fake. I will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah, is yeah, what yeah. Bess would have sounded like <laughs> if she did sing. Algorithm to yes. yeah. <laughs> to put it together. Um, do you do you want to? Okay, so let's go over what your book is called again. Yeah, um, my book is called "Nobody Will Tell You This But Me." It is a, the story of my Jewish grandmother's life, our relationship together, wisdom, advice, and humor, um, and. It is out now. I encourage you, if you want to buy it, to support a local bookstore when you do. Yeah, um, totally do that. Also, like, if you're not reading right now, what are you even doing? Like, true. seriously, now's the time to read a book. Hopefully you are desperate enough to, you're bored enough to read. <laughs> exactly. You're staying home and reading. That's what we want. Right. Um, right. So pick that up. Um and I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it from a local bookstore. I haven't bought it yet, but I will. Um, and also, and then if can, our if our followers want to uh, think think you're funny and interesting and want to follow you on social media, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter. It's my first and middle name at Best Bell, um, and Instagram. It's 
my name, Beth Kalb, but it's a longer handle, but if you search Beth Kalb, that's where I am. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We, we loved it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yay. Uh, yay. Uh, you can find us at happycamperspodcast.com. Um, we're going to do a virtual day is done. Yes. Find us and rate, review, subscribe. Thank you, Bess. Sammy, day is it, done. Gone the sun. We out. We out. Virtual high five. Bum 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 b